God needs for himself what they call a witness. God is always looking for a witness. God is always looking for someone to prove that there is truly a God in the land. There is a truly the one that made the heavens and the earth. That the one that they call God is not a God. That there is a God of Israel. There is a God of Jesus Christ. The one that Christ came to declare to us 2,000 years ago. And he shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. And he gave us the Holy Spirit that has been with us up to this very moment. Bible said, after the experience that Nebuchadnezzar had with Daniel, where God used Daniel to prove that there is a greater God. To the point where Daniel had to bow down before Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar had to bow down before Daniel in acknowledgement that the God of Daniel was greater. But still, Nebuchadnezzar was not satisfied. Because to beat down the power of darkness, you cannot use only one sign. Praise the Lord. You cannot defeat the enemy with only one sign. That is why when God was ready for the king of Egypt, the Bible said that when he prepared Moses, he did not prepare Moses with only one sign. He prepared Moses with ten different signs because one sign cannot defeat the gods of darkness. Why? Because Satan has been in resistance against God. From the foundation of the earth, he has been rebellious against God. So you cannot use one sign to defeat the enemy. You cannot say, I am of God, and just do one single thing. No. It is not one thing that defeats the enemy. For Elijah to defeat the God of Baal, he did not do one single thing. He started with, let there not be rain for three and a half years until he says so. Then he proceeded from there to causing fire to come down. He did not stop there. He proceeded from there to killing all the prophets of Baal. And he did not stop there. Then he went further to command rain to fall. He did not stop there. He went again further to cause fire to consume the armies of Jezebel. He did not stop there. He went ahead and began to anoint the people that will take down the kingdom of Baal in the land of Israel to wipe it completely out. So he began to anoint others because you cannot use one stone to kill the enemy, especially when you are dealing with a god. If you are dealing with an agent of a god, it's different. Like when David confronted Goliath, it's one person. But if you want to kill, destroy a kingdom, if you want to destroy the kingdom of a god, you cannot use one sign. If you do one thing, they will laugh at you because they will replicate what you have done. When Moses turned, pulled down his rod and he turned into a snake, what did they do? They also did their own. Didn't they do their own? They did their own. When Moses did another one, they did the same thing. When Moses did another one, they did the same thing. But they have to come to a point where there is a marked difference. That is what God is looking for. And God cannot come down from heaven to do it by himself. God has to use somebody to do it. And that is why God has sent us as people to use. So if we do one thing, that one thing we do is not enough. It's not enough. There must be super conviction. They must test and test and test. They must take us from one level to the other. To be sure that the God that we claim that we are presenting to them is the true God. There must be something about us that will show to them that this God 
is different from the one that they are serving. It must be different. Like the guy, the first day I was looking for the mountain, the Okara guy that carried me, I didn't know the, I didn't know the place, I told him the, this thing, he carried me, he charged me big money because I don't know what it was. Then he stopped at the time and he was asking me, since I'm a pastor, that there's a place they normally carry pastors to, where they get power. I said, that is not where I'm going to. Take me to this thing. Then today, anytime I meet that, that man, when I greet him, you say, what am I greeting him for? I mean, I never did anything to him. That day we, 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 we discussed normally. We are so friendly. He gave me his full name. I have his full name. He gave me his phone number, I think two phone numbers. He told me the history of his whole life, told me everything about himself, who he is in the community and everything. So I understood that he was not a small boy in the kingdom, in the other kingdom. And he was trying to convince me how powerful their own kingdom is. How many pastors have come to them and how they have sent them and given them power. And when eventually he now saw, because he thought initially I was just only coming to the mountain. To pray, maybe after that I'll return back to my place. He now saw me. I come, I go to Alpha Market to preach. He saw me the first time, he saw me the second time. <laughs> when I greet him, he said, I should stop greeting him. I should stop greeting him. That in fact, he doesn't even know me. I thought it was a joke. He said, My God, he said, His own God and my own God are not the same thing. I said, Of course, our God, oh, it is now that you know that our God are not the same thing. Before, when he carried me on the car, he was trying to tell me that all our, our gods are the same, that all of us are the same. Now, he was telling me <laughs> the last time, he said, our God are not the same. We're not having the same God. Do I know you? I said, ah, he said, don't greet me again. I will not know myself. Because, of course, you would have gone to try or they have told him, you are the one that brought that guy to the mountain. You are the one that did this. Why did he do it? Ever since he has come here, he has been preaching the gospel. He has been going to the market and been shouting the name of Jesus Christ. I know they have reprimanded him. I know they are fighting him there. They are accusing him that he's the reason. And he keep, he, 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 no, he can no longer hide his feeling against me. Because the power that is inside him is angry. So, that is not enough. That the power in him is angry is not enough. And just like what they did, so the children of Israel in this chapter, we're reading right now, we have to get to the next level. Bible said that King Nebuchadnezzar made for himself a very big God, a very big image. Bible said the height of this image is 90 feet. 90 feet means that if somebody is 6 feet tall, me, I'm not 6 feet, I'm 5'8". And I know uh, <laughs> Pastor Lawrence is also around 5'8", or then about maybe 5'9". So, a six feet person, somebody six feet. The height of this uh, image that Nebuchadnezzar made, the Bible says it's 90 feet. 90 feet means it's 15 times of someone that is six feet tall. 15 times the height. Then it is nine feet. Nine feet is like one and a half times the size of someone that is six feet tall. So the, you can imagine how big this image is. What it means that if they put this image here, if they put this image maybe anywhere, someone that is maybe at Awani can see the image because it's so tall, it's so high, everybody can see it. 
be so, 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 so high. That is how big this image is. Was. And what did it do? In verse 2, Bible says, And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the set traps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. You know, at this time, Nebuchadnezzar has conquered the whole world. Praise the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar has conquered the whole world. And now he wants to go and give praise to his God. You know, when he was conquering the whole world, he will go to the treasure, he will go to the temple of these other gods and carry everything they have dedicated to their God. Because those days, normally dedicates gold, precious things to their God. Things that are very precious, that are very expensive, that is what they go and give to their gods. So, Nebuchadnezzar have gone to their temples, both to the temple of Israel and to all the other temples in the whole land. Bible says God gave him the whole world. He conquered the whole world. He's the only king that conquered the whole world. There was no nation on the face of the earth that was not conquered by Nebuchadnezzar. So he has conquered the whole world. He has gone and carried all their gods and have given all the gods, all the, all the treasures of their, of their gods to his own god. Then after he has done that, he now says, this my God. I want to appreciate him. I want the whole world to know that this is the only God that has given me the whole thing. Not the God of Israel. Not the one that we are serving. What did he now do? He now raised something bigger. That is what enemy does. That is, when we see the enemy raise a higher standard, let us not be surprised. Because they have to make clear, like uh, Pastor uh, Lawrence told me, that the first year he came here, he did not see any shrine climbing to the mountain. It was the next year or so when he came that they now mounted the shrine. Because normally, they want to make clear to the people that this is the God we are serving. Right now, they are telling all the youths, okay, go on the streets and offer sacrifice. The other day I was coming, I saw a small boy. I don't think that boy is up to nine or ten years. On the road, he was offering a drink. He was doing sacrifice on the road. On the road, yeah, he was offering drink. After offering drink, he now left on the middle of the road. So they're no longer, they are telling, trying to tell everybody, this is the God we are serving. Everybody come and see the God we are serving. Come and see the God we are serving. So that is what Nebuchadnezzar did. He wants the whole world to see that this is the God we are serving. And after he has done that, what nuns do? Because he was the commander of all the leaders of the whole world. So he now commanded all of them. Because all the people of the whole world, he has con converted them to governors. All the kings of the whole world, he has called them and turned them to governors. So he now say he has commanded the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors. He has turned the kings of the whole world to counselors. So there was no king in any other nation on the face of the earth. He was the only king of kings. Based on what God did for him. He has commanded all of them. All the treasurers. People that are holding the wealth of the whole world. He has commanded all of them. All of them were under him. It is what he says that they will do. The judges. The magistrates. And all the officials. By the grace of God, when we go into the revelation of what is happening right now, you will now begin to see the power that command the wealth of the world, of the world right now. You begin to see the people that are behind all the wealth and how they are controlling everything. 
how everything is happening all over the world today, right now. And when these people talk, everybody must do whatever they say to them. And you will now see what God says he's going to do to those people, specifically. How he's going to dismantle them. It's not the Antichrist. It's not the beast. There are people that are commanding the world as we know it today. So, just as Nebuchadnezzar was commanding his own world that time, the final stage, these people are also commanding. And you will see them as Bible wrote them down. But not today. Then you will see what God said he will do to them, specifically those people that are commanding everything. So right now, Bible said that Nebuchadnezzar was one commanding. He is now commanding and telling them what to do. The entire officials of the province gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried out, to you it is commanded, all people, can you see, all peoples. Peoples means, when you use the word plural for a people, what it means referring to different kinds of people, not one kind of people. So he's talking about peoples, nations, and languages. At this time, Nebuchadnezzar have conquered the whole world. He's the only one man on the face of the earth that God gave power to, con to control, to conquer the whole world. No other king had ever conquered the whole world. Only Nebuchadnezzar, God gave the power to conquer the whole world. He was the king of kings, according to what the Bible called him. So he was bigger than any other king that had ever existed since man was born to this very moment. That is, was how big Nebuchadnezzar was. Now he was commanding all the peoples, all the nations and languages that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and sultry in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the God, the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Children of God, if you want this thing that we are talking about to happen. One thing you must know is that they must elevate their God to a point that it becomes a challenge to us. That is when God now steps in. Praise the Lord. That is when God finally steps in. Because if the stakes are not raised, then the original cannot be known. Yes, we are praying. Yes, we are crying to God, but scripturally, we have to understand what God is about to do. Because when God wants to do something, Chineke, do right in me, watch your image, they are noble. You are in a male now. He will allow the enemy to raise the standard. He will allow the enemy to raise the standard. That is how God operates. If God wants to do something that will affect many people, if God wants to do something that will affect a whole nation, if God wants to do something that will affect a whole city, the first thing that God has always done, check the whole Bible, he will allow the enemy to raise the standard. The enemy has to raise the standard to the point where any, any, any chicken Christian will fall by the way. Any, anyhow Christian will fall by the way. Because God has to raise the standard so that we can know who is who, who is the real minister. Who is the real servant of God. If you are faking your, if you are faking your call, if you are faking what God, you claim that God is doing, this is the time to know who exactly God has called. Because 
The way to know the real thing is to raise the standard by the enemy. God must raise standard to differentiate who is who. God must raise the level. He will tell the enemy, raise your standard. Let us see how far your standard can go. And Nebuchadnezzar raised his own standard and told the whole people of the world, this is the standard we have set. As any other king set this kind of standard, they will tell him no. As any other king made this kind of God, they will say no. He had to make the God that is bigger than any other God. The God that anywhere you are, you can see the God. And he now commanded everybody. As soon as you see, hear the sound, bow down and worship. Bow down and worship. Once you see the sound, you bow down and worship. So as soon as he gave the command, Bible said in verse, in verse uh, 6, he said, And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Anywhere that God decides to move, life is always at stake. Praise the Lord. Anywhere God wants to move, life is always at stake. That is, undo not by any means. It is life for life. That is the revelation God gave to me when I was in Lagos. He said, life for life. Life for life. Undo zopotando. It is life that they use to deliver life. It is life. I'll be in the kingdom of darkness. I'll be in the kingdom of this world. What the normally used to make a bet is money. Praise the Lord. When you go in this earth, on this earth, Anonia, my sister, I hope you're with me, yeah? Yeah? Yeah. On this earth, Anonia, energy, we use money to make a bet. But in the spiritual world, you use life, blood, to make a bet. Because money in the spiritual world is nothing. So what they used to make a bet in the spiritual world is life, blood. They will say, bring your own, let me bring my own. The one that wins will take the blood of that person. Because blood must go for blood. That is why that day when we are praying that prayer, um, maybe, um, maybe my staff or someone may not fully un, um, be comfortable with that kind of prayer. But when it, come, when it comes down to the matters of contests, of which God is which God, life is always involved. It cannot be that life does not go for life. It cannot be. In the whole scripture, everywhere you search, life must always go for life. When God decided to demarcate between Abel and Cain, life must go. Life must go so that with that blood of Abel, the Bible says he condemned the whole world. That was why the first world was condemned because there were only two men on the face of the earth that we are giving birth to, Cain and Abel. And Cain, the unrighteous one, claiming, tried to claim the earth for himself, killed his own brother, and the earth that he tried to claim for himself, God destroyed because of the blood of his brother was crying from the earth. So by the blood of his brother from the earth, the earth was automatically condemned. That was why the first world was destroyed. Because everything that Cain tried to take, when God was using that message to teach where I was before and revealing very deep mystery to us, you will discover how the earth, the first world was condemned. And God wiped out every person, both spirits and human beings were wiped out in the first generation. 
and God has to start all over again. And every time what they used to carry out tests in the spiritual world is blood. Blood for blood. In the time of the apostles, blood have to go. Blood have to happen. One way or the other. So, that is why you cannot be surprised when Nebuchadnezzar was saying that anyone that does not bow down, Bible says, shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. That is why I think that was yesterday I was talking with uh, my pastor and I was telling him that when I decided to come to this place, I finally surrendered myself. I told you that, that this is what I decided to do. Because when God wants to go into a combat with the enemy and he needs human being to be to be used for his combat. Then you that is being used for his combat, you must be ready to surrender. You must be ready to surrender. Like Esther said, if I perish, I perish. If you are ready for God to use you, you must be ready to surrender all. Don't mind all those fake pastors that will tell you. Because that is why most of them have compromised. That is why in the kingdom, for those of us that are in the spirit, or those that God have given grace, when you see these people that physically you see them, they are prospering, they are making waves in the spiritual realm, you know that they don't belong to the kingdom of Christ. Majority of people that we are, we are, we are praising today, for those of us that God have given the privilege and have revealed them to us, we know that they don't belong to God. Pastor Lawrence was sharing with me the other day some things that God was showing to him. God took him and was showing some things. God has given revelations. My wife will tell you the things I say. What God showed me. The people that we praise, most of them have compromised. Most of them have compromised. Because if you come to the contest between God and Satan, that was why when God went into contest with Satan concerning Job, it involved life, but God told him, don't take the life of Job. And because life was involved, praise the Lord, because life was involved, what did Job do? Job had to take the life of the children. Job had to do what? Take the life of the children. That is, if you, if you decide, Abia, when you finally come to terms that you want to, you want to be used by God to fight the kingdom of darkness, then you have to be ready to surrender. Because all game, it's a combat. It's not an ordinary warfare. God can choose to deliver you, but at the first instant, you must be ready to surrender up because anything can go for anything. You have not known what God has used for a bet. When God wants to deliver a nation, when God wants to deliver a city, in this case now, Amuri, God will not tell you what he has used as a bet. Praise the Lord. God will never tell you what he has used as a bet. The only thing that God wants is who is willing to go? Who is willing to be used? Who are my candidates? Who are my players? And you come and volunteer yourself. Once you volunteer for God, then be ready that God is ready to use it for whatever he wants to use it for. For God to save a Paul, God has to give up a Stephen. Because a Stephen cannot do what a Paul will do, but a Stephen can go for a poor. That was why when God finally used Stephen, Stephen said, do not let this charge against them. So if you want to be used by God for what God wants to do in this land, the question is, what are you ready to give up? 
Are you ready to give up everything? Are you ready to surrender everything? Because it comes with a cost. It comes at a price. When God discusses with Satan, God does not tell you what he tells Satan. God does not do that. No matter how much you ask, you will never do that until the game is over. He never told Stephen what he planned to do with his sacrifice. He never told him that. Of course, when he went to heaven, God showed him what it was. He never told Job that this conversation that me and Satan had though, concerning over your head though. He never told Job that. He never told uh, Abel that this is the consequence of what you have decided to do. That by giving me the right sacrifice, this is what it's going to cost. He never told Abel. He only told Abel that I have accepted your sacrifice and I respect your sacrifice. And the sacrifice of Cain, I have rejected it. I have disrespect for Cain. That is the only thing he told. But the consequence of that, he never told. That is why those that know God, they will tell the last right language. Just like when it came to this matter that we are looking at now. Eventually you saw what Shedrach, Meshach and Abednego told the king. He said, we are not ready to answer you concerning this matter. We know that the God we serve is able to deliver, but if he chooses not to, if he chooses not to, why? Because God normally make a bet with the enemy. God normally make a bet with the enemy. When God wants to deliver mankind, he made a bet with Satan. That I will save man. You think we have gotten it? I will save man. And he said, I will take my own seed, my own, me. I will come like a son and I will bruise. I said, he will bruise the head of Satan. He will crush the head of Satan. He will crush the head of Satan. He made a bet with Satan. And God took time. From the time God made a bet, he took God six, four thousand years to get his own champion. Who is your champion? Are you the champion that God is looking for? Are you the woman or the man that God is looking for? Because when Goliath was challenging the people for 40 days, Israel did not have a champion until David showed up. Are you that champion that God has been looking for? What are you ready to give up for what God wants to do? Are you ready to be used the way God wants to use you? Or are you ready to be used based on your own times and conditions? Because God cannot win a game on your own times and conditions. You cannot give God times and conditions. You cannot say, God, yes, I'm ready to serve you, but you must do this work for me. Ah, once you do that, you have failed it because you don't know what is in the mind of you don't know the best that God has made with Satan. So God is looking for someone that can give himself and herself completely for the assignments. Totally for the assignment. Are you ready to give all? Are you ready to give all? Because the enemy is ready to raise the standard. Once they raise the standard, you know that the bet has gone out. They have begun the game. So God will move his men. Satan will move his own. Because when God wants to move, he will say, Satan, move first. So Satan will move. He will raise the standard just like he did with Nebuchadnezzar. He raised the standard. He erected himself a big, very big God. And he said, this is the God that has saved the whole world. This is the God that by war, I have conquered the whole world. Is there another God that is bigger than me? If you think there's another God that is bigger than me, then challenge me. If you challenge me, this is the consequence. He said, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. 
And when they made a sound, Bible said that every language, every nation, every people, they bowed. Bible said they fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. That is in verse 7. But Bible said in verse 8, therefore at that time, certain <laughs> Chaldeans, that is Babylonians, came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, and the rest of them must bow. But he said there are some people that have refused to bow down. Verse 12 says, There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Now, For God to use you, God must have given you something that is precious. God can never use a useless man. God can never use a useless woman. God can never use a non-entity. Go and check out how God used people. God must make you a that is valuable. Then he will tell you, are you ready to give up this? When he called Peter, Peter was not educated, but Peter has something that is so important to him and his family. Peter was a fisherman. After everything, God asked Peter, Are you, do you love me more than all of this? My sister, I hope you're with me here. He was saying, do you love me more than all this thing? He was telling Peter, are you ready to give up your fishing to begin to fish men for me? God can never use a man that is not going anywhere. Please, let us stop deceiving ourselves. If you are not going anywhere, God cannot use you. Because what do you have? Because it's a risky business. It's a high-value business. God is a businessman. And the kind of people that God uses is someone that knows the value of something. You know the value of something. You God have committed something into your hand, either a wealth. I have managed wealth before. You know the worth of a wealth. Or some resources. Or an organization. Or a church. God must have given you something that is so valuable that when God tells you to leave that thing, you will tell God, please, look for somebody else. When God finally called Moses, Moses had a life that he had carved for himself for 40 years. He had built a life for himself. And God now told him, leave it and follow me. And Moses told God, God, please send somebody else. I already, I, I already have a family. I've already organized my life. I've decided the way I want to do my things. God, look for somebody else. That was a time I was ready for you, but you're not ready. Now, I have set my life in order. Please, don't disturb my life. And God told him, leave that place and come for the work I've sent you. The question is this. If God is calling you, what are you leaving behind? That thing you're leaving behind, is it so valuable? Because the value of what you're leaving behind will determine the height of where God is sending you to. If what you're leaving behind is not so important, then God, just know that where God is taking you to is not as important. It's not so important. It's not so important because you will not understand the worth of value. When God is doing some negotiation, you will not understand what is in the mind of God because you have not handled some complicated transactions. And God is into complicated transactions. So you will not know what God is trying to do. You will be stopping the hand of God 
That is why, for when it was time for God to deliver the children of Israel, when they were in the land of captivity, and wanted to use Esther. First and foremost, he had to promote Esther to a very big height. Esther became a queen, and it became a matter of Esther. Is this the work of God you like more, or the position of a queen that you like more? Which one do you choose? Now look at these children of Israel that God has tried to use for his work. Bible said that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were governors. God has elevated them in chapter 2. God has made them so important. God has given them a very big position. Now, that position is now to be questioned. They are not challenging that position. And they made it clear to the king that king, we know you are the one that gave us the food we are eating. We know that it's because of you that we are occupying the position we are occupying. We know it is because of you that they respect us. We know it is because of you that we are in this place. If you send us away, we have no place to go to. We know you have the power to send us away. But as far as this matter is concerned, we are not ready to answer you, O king. Do your worst. Do your worst. Do what you want to do. Let us know which God is which. I am tired of staying in the back seat. I'm tired of pretending that I am a Christian 